0: The scripture reading in the sermon text is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, and these are the words of Jesus. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Thanks be to God. Appreciate this opportunity this morning. Pastor Pete called, talked to me, and said he'd be pleased if I, he could have me preach for him. Well, I hope when I'm done, he'll still be pleased. <laughs> but I, I'm happy to be here. My text: Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is clearly talking. His name is referenced before the Sermon on the Mount begins. This comes right in the center of the Sermon on the Mount. I started meditating on this when I was a teenager. And I had a sense even then when I was in high school that this particular text was somehow unique and special And summary that it was about the essence of our faith that it was a great and grand statement that holds it together my life is a little more complicated than I'm going to tell you but I ended up pastoring about six American Baptist churches forgive me for my sins in a Presbyterian pulpit and I ended up at the First Baptist Church in Davidson so we retired here. That's how we got here. And I know that when I reflect on it the way I have set this up, that there are other brand summary texts. This isn't the only one. The Ten Commandments, for example, which I'll reference in a minute, the first and second Great Commandment, which I'm going to reference in a minute, or the Sermon on the Mount as a whole, or John three sixteen, the most famous verse, probably quoted, in the whole world, and then I have to say this, the Westminster Confession, man's chief end is to know God and to glorify him forever. After high school, I went to Wheaton College, and I learned something there, among other things. Wheaton College motto is for Christ and his kingdom. It's been around a long time. I inquired about that and probably developed by one of the first two presidents early and many years ago. I have, in the highs and lows of life in ministry, and in ministry they're considerable, I have come to sense that that motto for Christ and his kingdom gives me some direction on how to interpret and apply Matthew 6.33. So if you ask me, and you say, well, I don't care about Wheaton's motto, I get that. But I do believe, I do believe that it's a summary and can give us some handles with what Jesus is trying to say in Matthew 6.33 when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God. For, Four. Matthew 6.33 says it, but you have to dig it out the word is seek the word seek means search for strive look for john 3:16 does indeed use the word for and it's, it is it's 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 assumed in this particular text and this immediate text it's saying you know don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear Now, I've talked with some ladies who can tell you what they wore at a party 60 years ago. And we have those kinds of memories. But he's saying it's not that these things aren't important. He's suggesting that when you seek first the kingdom of God, then these things fall in their rightful place, and the Lord already knows that you have needs. He's saying you have to keep that perspective. And then when I look at it, there's an ever-widening, ever-widening understanding to, because you have to interpret every text in context. And so I would go to Hebrews where the writer of Hebrews says, In the past, God spoke in many and various ways through the prophets. And we might ask through the kings and, and, through, and through the Holy Spirit and through the priest. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by the Son, Jesus our Christ. In one of the pastors I had not in Michigan, I had a gentleman. I'd get to the service early, my coat on and my briefcase in my hand. And one Sunday, this gentleman came in and said, you know, I'm on the Board of Trustees, that's finance and property. And he said, we came up with topic A, and I'm telling you, pastor, I'm a it." Okay. Next week, the brother comes in and says pastor I was at the trustee meeting and I'm a it about two weeks later I knew what he was gonna say I'm a it and I never could get that I'm a it out of my mind with respect to him now in case you're wondering I conducted a marvelous funeral for him the Lord gave me the ability to do that but I learned and I applied On the bottom line, brothers and sisters, we should be here for primarily what we are for, and not again. And when you commit yourself to what you are for, and it's for Christ and his kingdom, you tend over a lifetime to become more like that. You become like that to which you give yourself over a lifetime. Not just in a day, not just in a week, but over the course of your life. For Christ. This is not just a Salada teabag thought. Jesus is the speaker here. The best way I know, as I reflected on this over my life in ministry, and this is kind of a summary sermon, is to interpret and apply and believe in Christ as part of the Holy Trinity, which we've already said this morning. The Father and the Son and the Spirit. The work of the Father is general and, and, and it has to do with providence and wisdom and guidance and the hand of His mercy and forgiving grace and justice and the author of salvation. A key text in this, which speaks of this in a general way is 2 Corinthians 5:19. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. This is the general statement. If you get to the Son, you have to get to that which is particular, and not just be general, although you include the general understanding of God. A key text here is 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And then, of course, we need to apply that in the Spirit and the key text here is John sixteen eight. He, Jesus said, the counselor, the paraclete, will come to you and convict you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It's even hard to do this from the pulpit. The Hebrews revered the name of God that they were reticent to use his name. We're on holy ground here. As I look at these texts, there are three key names that pop out at me for the Lord in these texts, and in some additional ones. You have to hold them together to get it. The name of Jesus. It was the common name among Jews. It was a common name among the Jews. It has a saving theme, but it made, it's a common name. They named others Jesus. Lord is kurios. It, it can have a divine attribution. It can mean he is the living God, and I believe it does, but it also can have a human understanding like somebody who's the Lord of their manner. It can be both. The third word that comes through again and again is the word Christ, which it comes from Christos. That means Messiah. That means the living God, the promised one, the Redeemer. I want to put these together, but I want to quote them because it's so important that we get the concepts right. You do have to get it right, and you do have to get them together, and you do have to embrace Christ in saving faith in this way. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus Jesus is Lord Kurios in other words if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ you will be saved or in Philippians 2:11 every tongue shall confess that Jesus Jesus Christ Christos is Lord Kurios I don't believe you can fake it I believe that when you embrace Jesus as Christ, as Lord, or the Lord Jesus Christ, that he gives you saving faith by his mercy and his grace. I think of that wonderful song. It, it, it just is a tear-gripping song, and you have to say it very lovingly and carefully by Bill and Gloria Gaither, written in 1970. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Amen. For Christ and. It's about the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word and is there. Among other things, what that means is that when you look at a key text, you can always enlarge it from other texts and other teachings of the scripture, and you should What comes to my mind when you speak of Christ and, for example, is the first and second great commandment when Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And it's on the website of your page, by the way. It's a summary statement. And then I I believe you could make a case that Jesus is summarizing in some measure at least the Ten Commandments, which we all know. The first four have to do with reaching up to God. They are vertical. They have to do with no other gods before him, not make any idols, not using the name of of God wrongly and to remember the Sabbath. And And then they go on and they say, reach out and honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. And do not covet anything of your neighbor's. I've worked a long time to try to figure out how to put these vertical statements and horizontal statements together. And I'm confessing my sinfulness to you. I found out I couldn't. Jesus didn't either. He said both and. Love God and your neighbor. Several years ago, I watched a news comment with a Famous, I can't remember who it was, Dominican Republican uh, baseball player, National League player. He was a big name. It's been a while since I've seen it. And he said, My job is to heat the ball. And I thought, Well, not so good at the King's English, is he? Now, I'm an old baseball player. This finger's crooked, it's got jammed up about three times. And I may, I may, or not have some things, but uh, I would have at one point in my life given anything to be able to stand in that batter's box and heat a 95 hour per hour fastball out of the park, which was second nature to him. I know that when you're in that batter's box and that ball comes down, you have to make a commitment and you have to heat the ball. If you hit the ball right, and you don't step in the bucket, if you hit the ball right, there's a natural follow-through, and they might even put your picture in the newspaper of the swing that ends up with the bat on top. I didn't see my name there yet. My sense about the faith is if you hit the ball right, and in this case, it's confessed Jesus Christ is Lord, and and you don't step in the bucket. There's a natural follow-through that is a mystical understanding of the faith, and it's a miracle of the faith, and if you hit the ball right, you, therefore, will be following through in service the rest of your life. It's not a works righteousness. It's just part of the follow-through. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's the righteousness of him Sometimes it's helpful not to just pick at words, but sometimes a literal translation is a little more interesting. In the text, it says it's about his kingdom, uh, and, and it says, Seek first the kingdom and righteousness of him. The literal is of him. It's the righteousness of him, and it's the kingdom of him. It's not our righteousness, it's not our self righteousness, it's not our kingdom but it's his kingdom. So we started out with the trinity of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and now we have come full circle in our culture, and now we have enjoyed the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. Haven't we? It's my computer files, my pictures, my life, I can run it the way I feel I want. My money, my views, my body. Nobody has a right to tell me what to do. My friends, my church, my pulpit. Oops. We just lost it there. At some point, if it's about him, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians five nineteen. You are not your own, and I say to us in the name of the Lord, we are not our own if we name his name. We belong to him. We belong to him, and we are just managers of the life that he has given to us. But the wonderful mystery is, if you give your life to him, you come unto your own in a better way. You give yourself to the larger cause of the calling of Christ and his kingdom which brings us to the kingdom it is the word kingdom here i think you could make a case that in addition to confessing faith in Christ and knowing him as we've just said that the funda- you could make a case the fundamental theology of the new testament is the kingdom of god in fact that's the message that both jesus and john the baptist preached They came and preached the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. As nearly as I can tell from my reading, the the phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven mean about the same thing. Both John the Baptist and Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm just going to give you the tip of the iceberg with some illustrations about the kingdom because it's a lifelong study and then you can just tap the surface of it. The kingdom of God is in you. If you come here to worship God and you already know him, the kingdom of God is already here. It goes with you everywhere you go. It's without in the world. God is doing wonderful things in the world and has done so for people that have eyes to see. So the main thing here is to to find out what God is doing in the world and join him. The kingdom of God is present it's already here in some measure. It is present. The time has come and now is. The, the kingdom of God is also future. In, that the, in the Lord's Prayer, for example, we pray, Your kingdom come. We mean in more fullness of wonder and splendor, and it is spiritual. Pastor Pete has told me, the, told some of us the other day, that he has done a great study of the book of Revelation. And he has summarized it in two words. God wins. He's right. He's right. In the end, God wins. Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns. And the saints reign with him. For Christ and his kingdom. So what do you do with all of this? Every once in a while, the Lord gives me a mystical something. And I've been been struggling with the struggle between the sovereignty of God and free will all my life. Even my friends haven't got me corrected on all the points yet. It's a great mystery. It's a great mystery. But maybe a year or two ago, Every once in a while, the Lord drops some kind of a mystical sense in me, and and, and I say, yes, that's of the Spirit. And in this vision that came to me, I'm not nuts, by the way. I just get these when I'm out jogging or something, okay? Now, you may decide I'm nuts, but not over this illustration. (laughs) I had a sense of a large umbrella up over life, and the Lord called that sovereignty. And then I had a smaller umbrella under the larger umbrella called free will. The Lord in his sovereignty, so far as I can see, has granted human beings free will and choice. And when I'm honest about this, and I'm really bugged about something, I've learned to come back to this text and commit it to God and let God move my soul and ask what does the Lord want me to do in view of his sovereignty about this now? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe I pray and commit it to God. I've been around a long time now and I know every time on the Lord's Day when the people gather just about everybody's got something don't we it might be a different something and what I hear this text in Jesus saying is in your own way commit that to the Lord and let him take it seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will fit into its rightful place. Thanks be to God.